But I think it also goes back to trust in yourself. I think you have to you have to trust yourself to a point where you know that it's going to be fine. You know that it's going to be okay. And I think a lot of people tend to focus on the technical aspects rather than the theatre of the performance. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Because to me, even if you're playing a piece of Bach or a piece of Chopin or you know or a piece of Bernstein. It's still fiercer because it's a performance. This is part two of my interview with Dominique Ferris, one of the UK's leading pianists. We cannot talk uh, without mentioning that you are a Steinway artist as well. Yeah. So you're yeah. a great ambassador for them. Yeah. Oh, I love my work with Steinway. Um, it's it's been a, I suppose from a pianistic point of view. I guess that is the connection that has grounded my career more than anything else. Um, it was very much a chance meeting um, about 12 or 13 years ago. Uh, I was asked to perform at the, the pre- it was an international press launch for the royal wedding of Prince William and Kate Middleton. And uh, it was at Lancaster House in London. And I was asked to come and play. Uh, play wow. The And uh, it was a wonderful, wonderful event. And where I went to college, the Royal College of Music, there were a huge number of Steinway pianos. But, you know, although they're wonderful pianos, a piano is only as good as its maintenance. You know, it's like a Ford car or whatever, you know, or very, very luxury um, instrument or whatever. You know, it has the potential to be fabulous, but it, it needs to be maintained. So on this day, um, we, I was playing away and I played this piano. I, I even remember the, the end of the serial number. It was 958. And um, I was playing it and I thought, goodness me, this is the most gorgeous piano I've ever played. And uh, there were two gentlemen there, uh, one of whom, were, his name is Ulrich Gerhardt, um, and he is the world's finest piano technician. And he is has been in he's worked for Steinway for oh gosh, it must be 30 years now. And uh he started out in Hamburg in Germany, which is the home of home of Steinway in Europe. Yeah. And uh he said, you know, I really enjoyed what you were doing. And I said, Well, never mind now. I, I love I love your pianos, you know, please okay, can I yeah. this more. And uh, we then went to, I, I went to Steinway Hall in Marylebone Lane in London and, and played some more pianos. And, and he has this amazing gift of, of going back to what we were saying about people's characters and the way that they, you know, I think you made the point earlier about, um, you know, the connection on stage with the instrument. Yeah. Um, and he has this incredible talent, Ulrich, of um, looking at a person and understanding their style And then downstairs in Steinway, there's this room uh, where all the, the, the best pianos in the country are kept. So they're the ones that would go out to the BBC proms, to the Leeds piano competition, um, and they all, they're all in this room and they get, they get hired out. And we went down there one day and he said, uh, Dominic, I think this is your piano. And he pointed mm-hmm. at the piano and I played that piano. It was a fabulous piano. And then I played every other piano in the room. And then, lo and behold, that was the piano I would have chosen. 
How and, incredible. And he looks inside you as a person. And it's, mm. it's not just about the sound and the technique of the piano. It's about the soul connection between the artist and the piano. You know, it's about the artist and how mm. that it's a relationship. It's a relationship. You have to be at one with the instrument because other instrumentalists, a flautist, a violinist, a cellist, they would bring their own instrument to the stage, to the concert platform. Exactly, yeah. Whereas, you know, usually, I mean, sometimes we can go to Steinway and say, right, we want to hire this one and it gets brought to the venue. But more often than not, if it's a, you know, it's a big established venue, normally they would have their own pianos and you play what's there. You know, you play the piano that's there. And sometimes that might not be a perfect match. Um, but he has this incredible um, ability to match the, the piano with the artist. Amazing. Um, and going to Hamburg and going to do the factory, the Steinway factory tour for the first time was one of the most emotional uh, events ever for me. Because yeah. you know you've been you've been on stage with these pianos for so long, and you, you've pushed them to their limit, and you've explored the the different qualities, the different facets that every different piano has. Because every Steinway is different; they're not. It's not like a production line like Yamaha. You know, it's it's there's such care that goes into every aspect of their construction, um, and uh, going there and seeing seeing the wood being carved, you know, put on, and the soundboard, and it's got to be absolutely perfect. And then you see the dampers being aligned one at a time. Mm -hmm. The amount of craftsmanship that goes into it is um, really, really quite emotional and fascinating, you know. Um, and uh, just next month, actually, I'm going over because Steinway's just had its 170th anniversary. Really? And yes, mm -hmm. and next month, uh, my piano brother, Elwin from Indonesia. Yeah, yeah. And he is also a wonderful, wonderful pianist and, and a, a great collaborator. And, and he was actually there that day when Ulrich was uh, showing us the pianos. And, and um, uh, he's coming to Hamburg with me, and we've been invited to the um, the anniversary events, the 170th anniversary. Amazing. I would so love to visit that factory. I, I've read so much about Steinway. Also, I've spoken to so many Steinway artists as well, um, Simon Mulligan as well in, in uh in New, in New York, and uh, yeah, I'm, I so love to visit the factory. Steinway has been incredible. It, it allows um, a, a musician to explore mm. their full potential, you know, um, in terms of what is possible on, on a piano. And, and every piano has, it's like a microphone. Every microphone has its use. Every piano has its use. Mm. And, you know, a perfect piano it might be great for a, a, a recording, but then you might not put that same piano on a concert stage. Mm. You know, so the, the, the choice of piano is largely dependent on the application and what you're what you're using that for. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's you know, these are also things that we don't always realize when we go to a concert that you because this was also something that I thought about a lot was that you can't take your instrument with, so you have to adapt to the instrument that's on on the stage. Yeah, and and that lends itself to a, a lot of 
uh, pianists that I know have stage anxiety mm. and they don't feel comfortable performing in front of an audience. And um, that in itself is a topic that I'm always fascinated by. Mm. Um, I think as a, as a musician, you know, you always want to get to that point if you're a performing musician where being on stage feels like the most natural thing in the, in the world because then you can really connect without any concerns or anxieties. And I always try to help one of my missions in life is is I, I like to help people that that have anxiety uh, to try and calm that or try and eradicate that completely so that they can feel totally at one with their with their instruments um, and just a, allow themselves to allow allow them to express themselves mm -hmm. as they want to without being hindered by any conscious invasions at the mm -hmm. time you know. Um, I think that's that's a very important. It can take years. It can take years to to get to that point. Um, but I think there are a lot of um, techniques that can be used to um, to allow that allow that to happen. You know. Do you still get nervous before a performance? Not now. Not now. Oh, really? Okay. No, not now. Um, mm. I get excited and I get and I'm very focused on what I want to achieve. Um, but I'm not. I'm not nervous. No. Um, I, I used. To, I mean, obviously, when you're growing up and when you're when you're um, you know developing as an artist, I think then you know you do go through periods of, of oh gosh, you know maybe maybe the nerves sort of worked against me at that point. And generally speaking, they will. If you are nervous, I mean, people say oh, it's always good to be a little bit nervous. It, it, that's fine, provided it's not going to affect your performance. I think the one the one thing that stretches more than anything else on stage is the perception of time. Um, so, you know, when you're on stage, if you're playing a fast passage, like, for instance, the end of Rhapsody in Blue, let's say there's that cadenza that's very, very quick. Um, and on stage, you can sometimes think to yourself, oh, gosh, this isn't fast enough. This needs to be quicker. Oh, really? It needs to be faster. Then you listen back to the recording after the show, and then it's much faster than you feel that it should have been. Mm -hmm. So it's, I think, having a very clear perspective of time and the um, how time elapses on stage, which is very different when you're in a, in, a, in a performance, and the idea of tempo, because what nerves do is they, they affect your perception of time. Um, and that is actually what leads to maybe people not feeling relaxed or maybe people making, you know, technical errors or whatever. Um, but I think it also goes back to trust in yourself. I think you have to you have to trust yourself to a point where you know that it's going to be fine. You know that it's going to be OK. And I think a lot of people tend to focus on the technical aspects rather than the theatre of the performance. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. Because to me, even if you're playing a piece of Bach or a piece of Chopin or, you know, or, or a piece of Bernstein, mm -hmm. it's still theatre because it's a performance. Yeah. You know, performance. Otherwise, you may as well just put a recording on if you just want to listen to exactly. the... Exactly, yeah. You know, it, it should be about the mm -hmm. performance and the theatricality and the... I don't mean theatricality in, in a Liberace way. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But, but I mean the um, it, it's the connection between mm. the artist and the audience. It's that line of spiritual connection. Yeah. 
between mm. the artist and the performance, uh, between the artist and the audience. Mm. Um, the music is the catalyst to allow that connection to happen. Um, and I think that in itself is a very, very individual, personal, um, you know, per personal approach in terms of what they want to do. And I think the other reason that the artists sometimes get nervous because they feel they're accountable to something. I think they feel they, I can't get, you know, I don't want to mess this up because, you yeah. know, it's, it's, it's that element of somebody might not like it or yeah. gosh, you like know, a people, pressure almost. Yeah. The audience might, might think I can't, you know, play properly mm -hmm. if I make a mistake. All of those, all of those, um, to, to me, none of that is true because it, none of that matters because it's about it's about the performance and the expression of the performer and they are entitled as a performer to express their art however they want. They're not accountable to anyone and they, if people want to criticise that or, or, or applaud even, that's no reflection on them. That That's a reflection on how the audience felt. That's not yeah. a reflection on the artist because the artist has already done their bit. The performance mm -hmm. is over. So uh, yeah, I, I have. I, <laughs> I guess well, I, have I, can, I must views on that. <laughs> no, but I the, this that you say that you feel excited. We can. I can always when I look at some of you. I haven't been to a live performance of yours, but even the one the, what we see on Instagram, um, you can sense that you know that you are excited, that you are enjoying it, and I think sometimes this is also what the audience love you know that we want to feel that that you're enjoying what you're doing you know absolutely i um, think if, if the artist feels relaxed um mm. then then the audience will feel relaxed and, and i think also i always use the what's called the mirroring the mirroring um analogy which is obviously if you're an artist and you know i mean like the elvis tour that we're going to do later in the year i mean we're playing very big venues. You walk out on the stage at the O2 Arena and there's 20,000 faces looking back at you and you're there at the front of the stage on the piano and there's cameras on you and there's big screens. That's not a, that's not a, a situation where you want to feel um, anxious in any way. You know, yeah. you have to feel confident and then, then you'll enjoy the experience. But the way that, that I always think of it, if you're an audience member in that arena of 20,000 people, all you're concerned about is the artist that you've come to see. You're, mm -hmm. you're not concerned about everybody else in the arena that's come to watch yeah. the show. So if we turn that back now the other way around mm -hmm. and think of the artist as on the stage, but he's having single connections mm -hmm. with everyone in the audience rather than this whole sea of people. Oh, yeah. I think that that for me changes the perception because mm. you know if you're telling a story through the music, be it through a piano piece or through a song, you are having a, 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 a musical connection with that person there and this person here and this person here, rather than oh my gosh, there's all these people, I better get it right. You know, mm. it, it's just a different way of looking at things, and I think that can. If you're in control of, of, mm. of the way that you feel when you're on stage, I think it can make for a very, very enjoyable experience. And I think that's another thing that conservatoires possibly should put more emphasis on is making, mm. you know, if they're training their artists to go out and perform around the world, surely you've got to make that the most comfortable experience. Exactly, yeah. Um, because, you know, if a pilot gets on a plane 
you, you don't you, and to 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 you know take off. You don't want him feeling, oh gosh, you know, how's this going to go? Is this going to go? And it should. There's no difference in my view. I think it should yeah. be. You know, we should we should be championing artists to mm. get to a point where they feel like this is the most normal thing in the world. But we have to have the people there to help them do that. You know, yeah. we have to have those mentors there to say, look, you know, let's look at it from this perspective. Let's break this down. You know, and and then I think we'll we'll make for a for a more relaxed stage and a more performance. Yeah. And I always feel, I mean, I have uh, two children who are ballet dancers and I always say to them that I don't have, even though I, I've lived through their whole training and, and everything, I still don't have a clue about ballet technique, I, you know. I just watch the dancers and, and if it's beautiful, if I sense this, you know, you sense this chemistry, then you enjoy it. And I think it's the same with music. We are not we are not educated all in music, you know, but we hear and we listen and we feel. And I think that that's always as an audience member, you want to feel, you know, you want to to have that experience and that feeling. And you would never know even if a if a note was played wrongly. Absolutely. I, I yes, mm -hmm. exactly that. I think a lot of um a lot of art, even the artists that I work with, the artists that I produce, you know, it, it, a lot of their their thought immediately goes to, is this going to be right for the market? Mm -hmm. Is can I can I promote this and make it successful? And I think that's a very very valid trail of thought. You know, however, when all is said and done, the artist has got to be happy with the music they're making. Yeah. To me, everything else is icing on the cake. Everything else is an addition for that. Because if you don't have that rock-solid foundation of the artist being happy and the artist performing the music that they want to perform, that makes them happy, then it, the rest, that there'll be, you know, foundations that are breaking down in other areas because the nucleus is not strong. Mm -hmm. um, and I think this is the danger now with social media is that we're seeing a lot of young, impressionable artists mm. that are given things to sing or, you know, a record label will say, right, we're going to market you as doing this and doing this. Um, but that might not be their, mm. their passion. Um, you know, I think in the case of, you know, young pop groups like, you know, One Direction, obviously they had a, a lot of success when they were young um, through the TV talent shows. And for a few years, you know, they, they sort of ride the wave of, yeah. of, and then obviously when they find their soul center, when they find their music center, that's when you see them break up because they want to go off in their own musical direction and do their own thing. Um, but I think that uh, I was very, very lucky to start my music career in a time when there was not reality TV mm. um, or not uh, this social media I was so, so lucky. And I think a lot of others in my generation will say the same because I feel very concerned about young people who um, lay their self-esteem and by extension, their quality of music, because the two is very difficult to separate them. You know, if a young artist, if a 17 or 18 year old singer goes and sings something and puts it up on TikTok or Instagram, and the comments start rolling in, it's very different. It's very difficult at that point 
to separate the music from the artist. Yeah. The music and the artist are two very, very different things. And I think nowadays we think about the artist and maybe the song comes second when we think about Rihanna or many of these pop artists. It's yeah. about the brand. Whereas, you know, when you listen to a Fleetwood Mac song, you know, yes, we might love Stevie Nicks and we might like, you know, love Lindsay Buckingham, but we appreciate them for the music that they're creating. Exactly. When you listen yeah. to Rumours or when you listen to a great album, um, early Elton John, any of that stuff, you think about the quality of the music. And as a musician, that will always be number one. Everything else is icing on the cake. It's always about the music. And, and that's how art, modern artists like Ed Sheeran, like Adele, um, are you know, have, have reached the heights they have because, you know, that they're a great brand, but if you strip all that away, you've still got great songs. Um, mm. Someone Like You by Adele, that's a vocal and a piano. There's no other production on the song. So it's not being, it's not being held up by all of these, this incredible production. And it's a cliche, but it's true. It's a sign of a good song. If, you know, if you can do it with just a vocal and just a piano or just a guitar and it stands up, you know, then you know it's a, it's a great product. Well, this also comes back to that, what you said about the Beatles and that era of there was something magical about that, but they were artists who worked and they had their, their idea, they had their style, they had their dream and it was them, you know, it was, it was not this whole marketing strategy and this whole uh, image, uh, you know, idea. And maybe that's why these songs are still, you know, we still listen to these songs and, and they are still. They're great uh, songs. You know, I mean, like, yeah, like when, we do, when we do the Elvis tours, I, I was never really an Elvis fan. I mean, mm. I appreciate music, but I was never a fan. But then we did the shows and I, I was just like, oh, my goodness me, the, you know, the, the songs. I mean, there's the early rock and roll stuff. But when you listen to his influences, the people that influenced him, the gospel influence, um, it really is, it really is, you know, quite, quite special. Um, and we don't really see artists now that have that scope. I think a lot of it is influenced by what I call the modern riffing, which drives me absolutely mad. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's good when it's done well, but there's a lot of young artists now that come out and just do all this vocal athletics. And, it, it, you know, it, to me, that's an ego-driven technique because it's more about the artist than the song. It should never be more about the artist than the song. Yeah. The, the music should always come first. The artist is, you know, then delivering, delivering the song. Um, and I think it's artists need to step back and just look at the relationship between them as an artist and the material that's singing. It's the same thing that we were talking about earlier about the artist and the choice of piano. It's, it's a fusion. Everything has to fit. And if one thing is out of alignment, if the color is not right on one of those things, then it's going to affect, affect the other because everything is balanced. Everything is balanced. Everything is, um, you know, comes together, should come together like a glove, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but it must be fascinating for you to have such a broad scope interviewing so many different artists with, you know, different approaches. I know you spoke to my very dear friend Val. Um, the, uh, the, yeah, 
it's it's yeah. yeah and really you you mentioned pilots now and and you uh you know about yeah. flying but i also can draw absolutely i can draw lines between a pilot you know their career their outlook their perseverance to a pianist for example yeah. and you know a chef a winemaker say they all it's this passion it's this belief it's this perseverance you know they they all have um something there's something in this uh person that makes them want to pursue and want to have this uh, or create you know and, and it's it's really wonderful to to hear these stories yeah i i think in terms of fulfillment as well I, the question that i get asked a lot is and I, obviously when i was younger maybe i got asked this question more but you know a lot of people sort of said well what do you want to do? Where, where do you see yourself being in sort of five, 10, 15 yeah. years? And now the answer that I give people is I'm already doing it. You know, the, the, mm. this, this, you know, if I carry on doing what I'm doing for the rest of my life, I'd be incredibly content. Mm. And I think that is the, that is the reason why you mentioned about the, you know, the videos and, and, and my performance style and, and my approach being very relaxed is because I don't, I don't feel I don't feel like I have to prove anything. I don't feel like I need to, you, you know, impress anyone. It, it's because I'm already, I'm already very happy with what I'm doing. I'm very content in myself. I'm very secure in what I do. Um, so I think when you reach that stage, and that's only happened in the last maybe four years, four or five years, I think um, then once you're content with yourself, your mission then is to help the next generation that mm. need to reach that stage because i think we have a duty as artists to give back absolutely yeah. um i think if you're always chasing the next goal mm. and that is your primary mission that's not that's not a road to success um i think that's a road to being successful in terms of maybe promotion and branding and you, you know if you're chasing financial success then to me, that's a very, very different form of success, you know, because I don't, success to me is not branding, promotion and finance, you know, yeah. that, that's a very, um, I guess, uh, two dimensional way of looking at the music industry. I think it goes back to the product, which is the music and you have to have a passion for the product. And that, you know, if you're successful as a musician in terms of people liking what you do and being able to interact and having good working relationships with brands and people that align with what you do, to me, that is a measure of success. Um, and then everything else, the, the branding, the financial rewards, the, the merchandising, all of that, to me, that will follow. But yeah. if you go chasing that first, you, you know, you, to me, you'll never quite get there. And I've seen a lot of people fall into that trap where they're constantly chasing, um, uh, you know, accreditation um, and um, good comments on Instagram, you know, all of this stuff yeah. from the general public, whereas it goes back to that mirroring. You know, you have to work on yourself and you have to radiate the right energy because then you will attract the right people that do appreciate what you do. Absolutely, yeah. You know, yeah. you won't have to worry about all that other stuff because it will happen organically. Mm. So it's, Absolutely. It's and I think also when uh, if, if you at this stage where you are now, 
you're more open to receive also opportunities, you know, because you you are not set in a direction. So you you are open to get uh, new things or things coming your way, opportunities coming your way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I believe very strongly in the universe and I believe very strongly yeah. that, you know, you, you sometimes you have to ask for, ask for something. You put that energy yeah. out into the universe and say, look, I would really like to do this and I'm prepared to work hard mm-hmm. to achieve it. And then the universe will align. And if it's the right thing, exactly. you, yeah. it will happen. And, and, and um, meeting people as mm-hmm. well in, in, along, along your path um you know i believe that certain people that get put into your path are there for a very very clear reason absolutely yeah and you can either you can either learn from those people mm. or you're there to teach them exactly yeah. and the timing is so important it will happen at the right time i think it's very important to be open when something in life happens very randomly and you think gosh that's that's a little bit how how weird that that happened yeah. That those those moments are usually the moments where the universe is helping you along the yeah. way. And generally ha- generally speaking, it will happen very easily. There'll be no mm-hmm. struggle. Whereas, you know, as we all know, there's some things that we try and you try so hard and then every day there's oh gosh, this this is not bad. Yeah. Sometimes you've got to sometimes you've got to persevere because there are always times when, you know, there's an uphill struggle, but there are other times if it just feels wrong. Sometimes that's the time to, to to move your focus to another area, and maybe it goes back to timing. Maybe that's something that you come back to later in life. You know. Well, this is the greatest advice also for young uh, artists because I think the pressure, like you say, the pressure today with social media is it's tough for young, you know, for young people. And um, and this is I hope I hope the right person hears these words of yours. This is how I send my uh, the interviews out into the universe. The right people have to hear. Absolutely, and they will fall into the right the, the right hands at the right yeah. time. I strongly believe that, and I, well, I know that because there's been so many instances in 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 my life where you know a thought will come into my mind. Where, for example, there's a young artist that I produce um, at the moment, and you know there was a thought that came into my mind where you know, just for no reason at all, get in contact with this person. You know, what is almost like a voice in your head, you need to contact this person. And that doesn't often happen. You know, I don't get voices in my head saying, you yeah, need to yeah. this person. I mean, <laughs> yeah. but on this occasion, it did. And um, I just heard yesterday that now, you know, in our productions, we just had over a million streams on Spotify just from Amazing. that yeah. initial contact. And, you know, you feel when it's mm. when it's the right thing to do. Mm. Um, and, you know, the, the, the thing that I get most reward from is if I've been, if I can be part of, if I can help someone achieve their goal, even just a little part of it, I come away from that and I think, you know, that's my, spiritually, that's my job done. Exactly, yeah. That's what I was there to do. Mm. And now I come away and then maybe I focus on my own things for a little while and then I go back. Everything has to be in balance. Mm. Everything has to be in balance, you know. No, no, that's so true. Yeah. 
But Dominique, this was amazing, as always, talking to you. <laughs> it's an absolute pleasure. I feel yeah. like I can interview you one day. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've never been interviewed, so. <laughs> oh, well, there we are. There's always first time for everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it, 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 it's lovely, and 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 thank you for asking me. It's it's always a pleasure, and it's it's. Um, I mean, in in COVID, we were doing a lot of these sort of Zoom things, but. Yeah. Um, it, it, so it's nice to just uh, have a chat because when you think of things, mm. it, it, it triggers certain memories, you know, and that's exactly that, yeah. That's always an interesting and, and, interesting and yeah. Know. And I think also, you know, these story or what people experience, or uh, I, I mean, I learned so a lot through these interviews, and I, like I say, I send them out in the universe and it will happen. The right people will hear and the right people will hear the words that they need to hear. Um, but I think it's so important that we hear these things because I think the perception of what artists do or what musicians do, I mean, we see you on stage and uh, it's we don't always know the background. And uh, and it's, I think it's also important that we hear that. Yeah, absolutely. Every yeah. artist is different, and uh, and everyone comes from a different different place. Exactly. Yeah. We can't assume that everyone is the same. We don't know, you know. Obviously, you know, a lot of the time, childhoods can influence the yeah. musician or the person that we become. And uh, you know, I was very lucky, as I said, to have the right people around me at the right mm. time, and that has now allowed me to help and to to give back um, mm. to others. And so, yeah, I'm very well, lucky. To be able to I do. can tell you that I've done, at this point, over 600 interviews already. Uh, and not not one person had the same story so far. So well, that that's, you know, that shows you. You all have different stories. So. It's a fascinating thing. You know, like no, art, no two artists are the same. And yeah. also, I don't know if you found this, but it's, I, I think that most of those, I reckon that most of those 600 people that you've, that you've interviewed, they are all, they don't conform. They, they don't conform no. with society. They yeah. are their own person. They don't mm. necessarily agree with the things that 99% of the rest of the world agree with. Yeah. You know? And when you see a news story or whatever, it, you, you, sometimes you struggle to, understand why everyone feels the same when you don't feel the same you know and i think that is something that artists have in common i think if we got what you need to do next is get all of your artists in the same room and have a convention yeah. <laughs> well i i i also have 500 um photographs of the artists that i took in the windows uh, during lockdown Yes, yes. Yeah, so I have, what, 500 plus 600, so it's 1,100 people I can get together now. And wow. maybe I do an exhibition. Well, you could do get all the people together. <laughs> you should do an exhibition. <laughs> Will you come and perform then? Of course, of course. Are you, st are you still in Vienna? Yeah, I'm still in Vienna. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. Happens. But Dominique, whenever you come to Vienna, you'll have to let me know. I would love to see you in concert. Of course, absolutely. Yeah. I'd love to. I'd love and to we've got that. a Steinway here as well, so your piano is, will be sorted. Fabulous. Yeah. Fabulous. <laughs> well, listen, it's been a joy. Thank you so much for your It's time. been also a joy for me and a privilege. And um, best regards to your beautiful mum. Yes, I will pass and that. 
course. Yeah, yeah. And I hope to see her with you in concert also one day. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you okay, Dominique, have a lovely afternoon. And you as well. We'll talk again Thank soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.